Hey everybody, on the run with Beards and Dunn is back, and we actually have the Beards with us today. <laughs> beards, where in the heck, I've had oh. to carry the load by myself the I, last two weeks. Dunn, <laughs> you did a great job, buddy, and I, well, I tell you, uh, you know, you know me. If something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So in fill the, us in if you feel. I know it's it's kind of yeah. What's going on? No, so I don't know. A few weeks ago, you know, I've had both my knees replaced, my left one twice, and I had this like a a hard kind of a calcium knob on the top of that knee, and I it didn't hurt or nothing. I didn't even go to the doc about it. I just it was been there for quite a while. I don't know if I smucked it on my boat or what, but one day I look and it it's bleeding. Oh, and and done. It just kept getting bigger and bigger and <laughs> wider and uglier looking. And of course, you know, I thought, ah, it'll go away. I put some of that little <laughs> Zorba cream on it or something. <laughs> well, two and a half weeks, two week, two and a half weeks ago, I'm waiting for some customers on a guy trip. And I thought, you know, I had to send the picture of that to my, my doc, Dr. Karen, my um, yeah. orthopedic guy. And he he texts me right back. He goes, as soon as your guide trip is over, you get in here. So I get in there. It's on a Wednesday. Next morning, I'm at the hospital. They do surgery to uh, go in there and do a debridement and clean it all out. And, and they're praying to the good Lord that the infection, I had a bad infection in my knee, hadn't got down into the artificial joint. All right. So... They and he sewed it up as best he could. There's not a whole lot of skin left there to sew up. And I, I go back um, the next day after surgery and uh, just see how I'm doing. I go back the following Monday and then see Dr. Karen. And he goes, he goes, you know what? Um, come back on Wednesday. I go back on Wednesday. So a week ago, this past Wednesday, and he looks at that thing and he goes, holy crap, that is not doing what it should. It's got all this gunky pus pus coming out of it so he put me in the hospital <laughs> at that moment and they started on heavy duty iv um or antibiotics the next day they did surgery again and i was in the hospital for five and a half days <laughs> Lord. i was like a caged tiger in there <laughs> just say, they must uh, anyway well beards i'm <laughs> Well, I so know I'm, I was, I'm glad, and I have seen the picture that you sent your doc. I, I'm trying to decide if I want to put it on our website I under know. extras. We might have to it's, do it with the disclaimer, like don't let small I, children or people with yeah. weak constitutions look at this. It was I, ugly, man. It was really ugly. And so now uh, I got home late in the day on Monday, this past Monday, and I've got this vac wound type of bandage, mm. and it, there's a tube coming out of the wound, and I carry a little pack on my yeah. on my side here, and it pumps all this ugly junk out of there. And then I've got a pick line in my left arm, but you can't see it because it's under yeah. my sweatshirt. I have to infuse myself with these heavy-duty antibiotics three times a day. So uh, knowing you, Beards, and I already know the answer, you're just taking it easy, laying around the house, not doing anything, in, right? <laughs> so I get, I get home Monday night, and... After Tuesday, being in the hospital for five days, yeah, okay. I thought I gotta, I gotta see what it's gonna be like out in the boat with all this stuff on. So <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a guide trip that day, so I got out on the boat and, and everything seemed pretty good. And then I, I've been on 
I've been on full day guide trips the last three days in a row with these folks that come up from Washington, and I've got another guide trip tomorrow. And if if, so. if nobody does it, go to Dick Beardsley Fishing. What is your website on Facebook Dick, anyway? DickBeardsleyFishingGuide.com. Yeah, because you do daily fishing reports and you show people out. They they're having a great oh, time. Yeah, and so. The day I'm going, geez, I wonder if Beards is out of the hospital. I, I click into Facebook, and here's Beards doing his fish report. He's got a big IV bandage around his arm. I can see the pick line up in his shoulder. And I thought, eh, he's he's fine. He's doing good. Oh, and done. So I'm out there on the lake, and I do this you know, video report every week. And I caught this nice big northern pike. I thought, well, I might as well just do a report right here. <laughs> I didn't even know that that gosh dang pick line was showing oh, yeah. like that. Or- I was thinking, I wonder if the infection control people would, would approve of oh, all this. I've gotten more comments on that video, not because of the fish or the report, because of this pick line. Yeah, you look arm. like the walking wounded. <laughs> anyway, oh, nothing will keep a good man down. Just another story to add. Oh my lord! Yeah, just well, another story. Story to add between, in the book. Between you getting out running when you probably shouldn't have, or going out fishing when you probably shouldn't have, but right. man, you're living life to the fullest, and that's what it's all about. Well, Beard's good report. Good report. Your, your spirit yeah. sounds great. We're going to try to pick up where you left off. You know, I'm going to do a quick review. And I did this a few weeks ago before when you were off. You know, 1981 is what what a year. And it's yeah. not over yet. Now, let's you know, no. Houston, January, you ran Houston 212, finished second to Rogers. Three weeks later, you go to Japan, run 212 and finish behind the, the Soul Brothers. And then you go to London and win the darn thing. Well, you and Inga Simonson win it together, right. 211. You know, sooner get back to the U.S. And it seems like now you're lining up at Grandma's and you're on right. 209 and win the God oh. thing. That record lasts, what, 33 years, was it? Or 37 years? 33 years, years 33 yeah. years you had the course record. And so, gosh, you're, the year must be about over for you now, right? <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, what, what happened after Grandma's? So, so after Grandma's, I get a phone call from uh, the Bislett Games wow, over in Austria, Norway. Yeah. Oh, one of the biggest in the world, you know. More world and records there, I think, than any other track or something absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And they are they are running crazy over in Europe, especially around Norway or in Norway. And so they wanted me to come over. And uh, part of the Bissell Games, they had a marathon and a half marathon. And they knew I just got done with grandmas, but they wanted me to come over and run the half marathon. And I'd be going up against Inga Simonson oh, again. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and some of his uh, his other European good runners, and so I said, heck yeah! I'd all, my you know my grandma came from Norway, and I'd I'd always never been there before, so I wanted to go over there. And well, you know my first wife Mary, uh, she couldn't go. You know, I mean I was <laughs> traveling work, all yeah. the time, and she had to, somebody had to earn a living, you know, <laughs> and and so our good friend and you know unfortunately passed away a few years ago, Steve Benson. Right. So uh, I called Steve up. I said, Steve, you want to go to Oslo? It won't cost you a nickel. Everything's paid for. But I said, the only thing is you got to run the marathon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll go over. So, and, and the reason so, I didn't get this invite is I was hurt. If You I were hurt because <laughs> you were my first choice. I know, I know. All right. So we, we get over there, and they, they put us up in a, in a hostel. So in the summertime, they turn colleges into these places for you know visitors and hmm. and all the athletes from the Bissell game for staying at this hostel so when they served meals you ate it like a like picnic style you know yeah, and sure and so the first morning 
Steve and I are sitting down there on this like picnic table, these long tables, and right across from me, right, and I talked to him, both of them, was Herschel Walker and Carl Lewis. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, right across from if me. If only you had a cell phone in those days, you could have got a selfie. Oh, you know? I know, I know. Oh, my gosh. And, and so um, so I ran the half marathon, and I uh, the half marathon was Saturday. The marathon was on Sunday, I re- and it was so cool. It was a very hilly course, and then you finished on the Bislett track. Wow. And, it, yeah, it was a big deal. Was there deal. spectators so, on the, you know, in the stadium? Oh, <laughs> in the stadium and on the course and everything. And so I was fortunate to win. I ran like 103 or 104 or something. And <laughs> and I was I beat Enga and, and, you know, I was fortunate to beat everybody that day. But you come on the track and the roar of the crowd and they're banging, you know, the front yeah. sit right on the track and they're banging on the metal sheeting around the track. And I, I come around the track and I finish and they put this gigantic wreath, like a Christmas wreath around my <laughs> neck and head. I about fell to the ground when they put that thing on me. You know, when you say that, it reminds me, didn't you bump into Steve Scott and John Walker? I think you told me this story. Wasn't it like on an elevator or something? Yeah. You know, now you got to remember, Dick, you're in prime. Well, what did you weigh? 130 pounds? So yeah, about wet. 130. 130 and you're yeah. six foot tall. Well, these guys right. are milers. And I remember you said you got on the elevator and these guys are like 175, 180. And yeah. they're solid. I mean, they're, there's not no, an ounce of muscle. fat on them. But they got no. the speed and endurance. And I remember he said they looked at you and they both started shaking their heads and they go, freaking marathoners. You know, it's like, it was like they wanted to pick you up and just toss you in the air like a little ragdoll. I know. <laughs> Which they easily could have done. So well, what a great experience, though. And how did Steve do? Yeah. Uh, do you remember how he did in the marathon? Yeah. So now for folks that don't know who this is, Hugh Jones was from mm. Great Britain. Really good marathoner. So the following year... In 82, because I decided to run Boston and not come back and run London, Hugh ran and, and won London, London in like 209. Right. So Hugh ran the marathon over there and ran like, he won it, ran 213. Steve was second, ran I think like 217. But I'm telling you, Dunn, it was that during the marathon, it was a downpour. I oh. mean a downpour for the entire race. Oh. And and Hugh Jones was wearing New Balance seven thirties. They were a real. Remember that? Yeah, the balloon colored. Shoe? Yeah. Yes. They were the real first, cushion shoe. Uh, the first fifty dollars shoe, if I remember right, yeah. or something like that, or seventy. And, yeah. And, and he ran in those. It was. They were like a sponge. I mean, his, <laughs> he was like running combat boots for him. Out <laughs> Just there, think what he know? would. Oh my! What would he have done with super shoes on? <laughs> I know. I, oh no, kidding. Uh, so yeah. So Steve and I. Um, oh, what a great. You know, we trip. Oh. A couple extra days and went for some runs on the in the trails out in the forest and yeah it was really fun. Wow, that is fantastic! And so, all right, so now now your season must be over. Nah, it's just kind of in the middle <laughs> okay. here, guys. <laughs> all right, you now let's just think about this. You've run four marathons. Oh, not to mention you ran like a one hundred three half marathon up in Minnesota there right. after in March, I think it was, and then you 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 come back. You got four marathons and you run a 103, 104 half and on slow. Now, is there another marathon possibly? Well, then <laughs> in between London and Grandma's, I think I came out to Sioux Falls ran and ran 10K, the Pepsi race. Did a 10K. The 10K race. So so now after Oslo, 
I get an invite <laughs> to the Stockholm Marathon. Okay. And it's in August. And uh, I thought, you know, I recovered quite quickly, obviously. <laughs> and so I thought, heck yeah, I'm going, we're, we're going to, to Switzerland, or not Switzerland, to, to uh, Stockholm, uh, Sweden. To Sweden. Yeah. So, so I, Mary and I fly to Minneapolis. I, or was she with me? Yeah. Maybe she wasn't. I remember, yeah, she was with you on this trip. Okay, that's yep. what I thought. So we, we fly to Minneapolis, and uh, uh, and then we get on a Scandinavian, air, the Scandinavian Airlines. They were the host for the marathon, mm. and we flew first class. Oh, wow. And right in front of me is Bill Rogers, who was going over to run, yep. and Ambie Burfoot, who was going over to cover the race for Runner's World Magazine. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, Bill was like, you know, my Mickey Mantle if I was a base, now, little this, league baseball player. Now, at this point in your guys' career, you were you were acquaintances. Oh, at best. Yeah, because you yeah, only at, really at met him at Houston. You know, he and beat you. And I tripped him at New York. And you tripped, tripped him, him at New York. York. So that was your first encounter in New York. And then Houston. Right. And so he, you guys only interacted with each other, what, twice? Up, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so he doesn't and know. I was, okay. No, and I was in awe of him, you know. And now we've become wonderful friends. But, right. So anyway, we're flying over. And every once in a while, Bill would turn around and start chatting to me. And I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Bill Rogers is like wanting to talk to me. <laughs> so we get over to Stockholm. It's a long flight. And they take us to a nice hotel. And uh, Bill goes, yeah, I'm going up and taking a nap, man. He said, I'm I'm beat. And I so we got up to our room. Well, I was so jacked up, you know, <laughs> being in this foreign country. And I thought, well, I'm going to, it was on a Thursday. The race is coming up on Saturday. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go for you know a short little run. So, sure. you know, just get my legs loosened up. So, you know, country bumpkin here. So I'm in this, and Stockholm's a huge city. And it's like Vienna. There's canals and stuff all over the place and all these streets. And I come out of the hotel. I don't write down the name of the hotel. I don't take a matchbook, you know, with me or nothing. And I take off and I go for a run. Oh, done. I, I don't know where I was. I got lost. By the time I got finally figured my way back, I'd done like a 14 mile I, run. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get back to the room. Two days before had, marathon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I get back to the room. I hadn't been back to the room for five minutes. When the phone rings and it's Bill, he goes, hey, Dick, I just woke up from a nap and I'm going to go out for a little run. You want to go with me? And I'm thinking, Bill Rogers wants to run with me. I go, sure, Bill, I'll go. Well, I didn't tell him I'd just done a 14-miler. So How far did go, you guys we, go? We did an eight-miler. Oh. So I did like 22 miles two days before the marathon. Okay. So, so, okay. The race starts, or the race is on, it starts in the Olympic Stadium. You make a lap around and, and then out onto the, the streets of Stockholm. And, uh, oh, the, the the stadium was packed. The streets were packed with people. And there's a, me and Bill are the only U.S. invited athletes mm. there, but there's a lot of the top European runners, right. some good, you know, Japanese runners there. Well, at about 15K, we're going up this long, long, upgrade on a going up a bridge and there was still like 10 or 12 people you know in the pack and i thought okay there's just way too many people in this pack <laughs> so i i throw in this hard surge going up this long bridge and i mean i threw in a hard one and i opened up about a 200 meter lead and i look back 
and I could see Bill kind of had started working his way from that pack too. So I thought, okay, I use a lot of effort to open up that gap. So I, I thought, okay, just back it off. And as soon as Bill catches up to you, just put the hammer down. Because he'll be tired, right? Because he'll be tired. And I'll have freshened up a little bit, you know. So Bill is just coming up behind me. And I was just getting ready to put the hammer down. And all of a sudden, I hear Bill going. And he's panting like a dog. Dick, Dickie, Dickie, I, I, I think we broke those guys. Maybe we had to back it off a little bit. Kind of catch our breath. And I'm thinking to myself. Man, Bill wants to run with me again. <laughs> big, big <laughs> mistake. So I backed it off, and now it's just Bill and I out there. Well, uh, at about thirty kilometers, <laughs> your new buddy into the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is my new best friend. <laughs> thirty kilometers into the race, I hit a little bit of a bad spot, and Bill noticed it. He put the hammer down on me. He won the race. I finished second. <laughs> well, thirty, and I yeah. learned. Yeah, 30K was I, about 18 done. miles, so yeah, right. you still had a ways right. to go. And, and But I learned a valuable lesson that day from the gray fox, the yeah. silver fox, Bill. You know, he was such a veteran that, man, no, you don't make any deals like that, uh, you know, that early into a race and stuff. And it was a big mistake. You know, who knows what would have happened if I would have surged. You know, maybe I would have run out of gas somewhere yeah. down the road. But yeah, uh, you learn. Yeah, so, you, you you take something away from every one of those races. You know, so done. I don't know if you know this story. Yeah. So, the next morning. Um. Well, let's see. Oh, that night, at the uh, at the banquet they had. Oh yeah, I think so I know the, what you're going with this. The race director yeah, comes up uh-huh. to me and he sh- shakes my hand and. And uh, says, man, you and Rogers put on a great race. Thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. And, and he gives me this envelope. And, and I thought it felt a little puffy, but I thought a little <laughs> thank you card or something, you know. And I was wearing a sports jacket. So I put it inside the sports jacket. And we get, after the banquet, we get up to the room. And I kind of forgot about it. I had forgot about it. Well, I take off that sports jacket and that envelope falls on the floor. So I thought, I got to see what he little card had to say, you know. So I open it up. Inside... I remember that. 11, I think it was 12,000 yeah. or 12, 12, yeah, 12, yes. $12,000 in crisp US $100 bills. <laughs> I remember. I you. am shaking like a leaf <laughs> on a tree. I mean, I'd never seen that much money in my life. Yeah. So the next morning, I go down. Now, this is a part I don't know if you know. The next morning, I go down to eat breakfast, and Bill happens to be down there. So I sit with Bill and he goes, hey, Dick, did you get an envelope last night? Because I had no idea this well, was coming. Yeah, go he ahead. Go, and they go, did I get an envelope? <laughs> I can only imagine what Bill must oh. have got. So now remember, this Bill has traveled over the world, around the world a dozen times competing. <laughs> he goes, no, he goes, Dick, now when you go through customs tomorrow, don't declare it because they're going to tax, tax you on it. I go, oh, okay, Bill. So- the morning we're getting ready to leave. Do you know this part of the story? No, I just remember, you know, later you said what it kind of came down to with the money, they had a, uh, it was kind of, it was under the table, but they had a price set up. I think right. like first place got X, you were second. So you got like eight grand. Then if you ran uh, or if you, uh, you came, you got an appearance fee. That was part of that. You've, your your place got you so much money. Your time got you so much money. So they had all these incentives built in. 
for for top performances, and yours came yeah. out to about twelve grand. But no, all I know is the trip back. I I don't know what happened the next day, but okay. So the next day, I get up. I'm thinking, okay, Bill says don't declare this money. Well, where the heck am I going to put it? <laughs> so I taped twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> Up and down both of my legs. Oh, my Lord. Had, no, you never told me that. No, I didn't I haven't told a lot of people that. I'm not getting trouble. I might be, we might be doing this from yeah. the county prison next week. I mean, I hope the statute of limitations has maybe expired. It's been 40 years, but all right. Well, so I had $12,000 taped up and then um, and a baggy pair of sweatpants. So we're standing in line, you know, and I'm sweating like a dog because I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I'll never leave Sweden. And so about three people in front of us, there was a Japanese fella and the customs people were, and they're going through suitcases, yeah. going through his frisking. And I, I looked at her and I thought, okay, we're, de we're declaring this money. Yeah. And so she had a bag. And so I went to the restroom and I, did all the got the money all i'll put it in the bag and, and i declared it so okay. irs i declared the money <laughs> so anyhow we're on we're flying back to the u.s and this is i no, you tell this part because you oh, remember this part better well, you than told I me do. this i laughed so hard i said yo so beards is a nervous wreck he's got this twelve thousand dollars of cash and i think he said you put it on the inside pocket there of your jacket yes. like he had before yep but the flight's like eight hours from from, from right. Stockholm to New York. And so it's a, your first class. So you get up and you say, Mary, watch the jacket. And you, right. I'm going to go stretch my legs and get something to drink and, you know, get a magazine. And so you're gone for like 10 minutes walking around right. the plane. You're getting, and then finally you come back. Mary's gone. She gone to the bathroom and there's the jacket right. just laying there. Anybody oh could have said, hey, that's a nice windbreaker. And just stuff it in right. their bag. You never would have known who it was. And oh. So then Mary comes back and you go, Mary, Mary, you forgot the jacket. You go, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and so that was that was like, you know, ulcer number one. So then you guys, I remember you said you landed in LaGuardia. And, and you got to remember back in the early 80s, 1981, LaGuardia, whole New York City wasn't I think they kind of sanitized it in the nineties or something like exactly. made, made it a little more friendly, but it was a rough, it was a rough neighborhood, especially LaGuardia airport. Well, right. you, you had a two hour layover and you're, and you know, they didn't have the security like they do now and no. people are coming and going. And, and so I remember you said, man, I was so nervous. I was going to get mugged. You know, somebody might just right. come over and, you know, just say, look, exactly. give me your money. So <laughs> I remember you said they had those lockers where you could put uh, 50 cents, two quarters in. Yes. You could put your bag or a jacket, take the key out, then you could go have supper or lunch, you know, right. at a restaurant, then come back and get your stuff. It had been locked. So you took that jacket, <laughs> you put it in the locker, put your 50 cents in, took the key out, you went over and sat on a bench, sat there and <laughs> stared at that locker for like an hour. And then when they mainly said, okay, final call for Minneapolis, you got up, you went over, you took the jacket out. <laughs> And then you headed to the gate before anybody could like oh, could get a hold of you. I know. Well, then that, that's even the end of the. I remember you said then you got on the you know you landed in Minneapolis like who knows midnight or some ungodly yeah. hour, and you had to drive back to Rush City, which is what an hour right. hour and a half. And hour and a half. I, I, remember, from the airport. I remember you telling me you said all I could worry about is that damn jacket's laying in the back seat with twelve thousand dollars in it, and if I what if I fell asleep? Mary's asleep over here in the passenger. She's she's exhausted. Right. You're jet lagged. You're yeah. you just ran a marathon a day and a half ago. And what if I fall asleep and we roll it, 
And that jacket just, you know, it, where's it going right. to end up? Where, you know, what if Money I floating around <laughs> like a snowflake? <laughs> you finally got home. You, yeah, you get into your house two, three in the morning. It's like now you're laying in bed thinking, "Fuck, what if somebody breaks in?" <laughs> you, know? you, you never had money to worry about getting anybody stealing no. it from you. So I think exactly. he said you said you stuffed it under the mattress. So if somebody came in, they, so. they'd have to wake you up. <laughs> now the best part of the story, though, is and, and I know your my memory because I love these stories. Is you went I know to your bank. memory's better well, than me. You went to the bank the next day. You told me and you yeah. said, "Hey, you went up to this. You know, you got to remember Rush City. What? It's got one bank." Yeah, one bank. Des, Des, Dennis Franzen probably owns it. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm well, he kidding. does now. Oh, he does own. now. He well, didn't well, it's this little bank, a little hometown bank, and it's some poor you know, gal getting minimum wage here. And I think he went up there and go, yeah, ma'am, I need to make a deposit. And she's like, oh, sure. And she you know, flips you a deposit slip. It makes you fill it out. So you fill it out, you hand her the envelope, and you hand her the deposit slip. And I think he told me she pulled out wad of hundreds, $120, $100 bills out, and she starts thumbing them off, counting them. And she, you said she hadn't really got started, and her hands were shaking. And they it's were. like, she thought you were like a drug dealer or something like I know. that. You're like, who carries uh, 12 grand in $100 bills and deposits I them at the bank? Anyway, I don't <laughs> She probably called the IRS after you left. Oh. <laughs> I just love that. Mikey, okay. I've been laughing so hard, I got knots in the back of my head right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the the exciting thing for me, Dick, was you were living, now, again, I'm trying not to sound too uh, envious, but you were kind of living the life, a lot of us runners from that generation, you know, all of us that were kind of, we got out of college, we were hitting, the road race scene was on fire. I mean, you, every weekend there was a road race somewhere. And most of the time you're running for a little trophy or a lot of times I like merchandise, a duffel bag or, you know, something, something tangible. And, you know, we always said, man, wouldn't it be cool if you could make some money? You know, like instead of giving me a a $50 trophy, give me, give me the $50, you know, sort of thing. But, you know, and, and, and so here you were out. And it was it was definitely um, what what do they call that? Living my life vicariously because you know you and I were such good friends. It was like I always said to myself, if it's not me, I'm glad it's Dick. You know, I would and I would have said the same oh, thing. Oh, right, right back at you. You know, and so you were living the life, and we were all watching, and it was so inspiring. And so I was healthy then. That towards the end of that summer, started coming back and doing a few little races, and then the fall rolled around. And so what was next on your agenda? So you're in August in Stockholm. Yeah, so August in Stockholm, and then... Another invite comes your way. I think you said it was going to be Montreal or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, let me back up for a second. Oh, okay. So, so after I ran 209 there at Grandma's, you know, Dennis Franzen, so one of my roommates in college right. at Wasika was his son, Bob. And Bob and I were good friends. Well, his dad calls me up and says, Dick, and, you know, we were just getting by, you know... Mm-hmm barely he goes listen i want to move you to rush city he says i've got a a, i mean a real cabin it's over a hundred years old but it's in good shape you can live there for free it's right on the wild st croix river i'll leave you a little boat you can go across the river and run on all the trails on the wisconsin side and i'll give you 800 bucks a month and uh to represent my company plastech so who you know who wouldn't jump on something like that so um, so we moved up to this cabin and, and, and just absolutely, you know, that, you know, me being a woods guy, I just absolutely loved it. So I, uh, New York had tried, was trying to get me to come and run their race, but Montreal was a big marathon back then. And they 
again, you know, there was no prize money, but yeah. if you were one of the top runners, there was these appearance. under table payments, right. yeah, appearance money. So I worked out a lot better deal with Montreal. So I thought, man, Montreal, I've, I've never been there. I heard it was a beautiful city and it was a big marathon at the time. And so I was training, getting ready to, to run the Montreal marathon that later, I think like in October or something, mm-hmm. maybe early November. And I was training and we lived way out in the bush. Well, I was on this, I finally worked my way up to this paved road up towards the, the little town of Rush City. And I was coming back and I went, I ran by this farm and these gosh dang two big farm dogs, like one was a German shepherd, yeah. one was like a Doberman or something. They come out of this cornfield and I mean, they were on me and they knocked me down. I mean, and I fell hard on my hip and I'm bleeding and they're, they're like coming at me and I start screaming at the top of my lungs and then I was wearing a new balance running nylon running suit hmm. and I thought they're going to come for my neck so I zipped up the zipper and I put my hands <laughs> yeah. around my neck because I thought they're coming after me yeah and they were they were coming and trying to nipping at me and stuff and I I have never yelled so loud in my li- life and nobody from the farmhouse came out I'm laying in the middle of this county road screaming my head off and they, the dogs finally kind of backed off. You know how when a, <laughs> you have a dog, sometimes they look at you kind of inquisitively. Yeah. And all of a sudden those dogs, I'm screaming and their their heads are <laughs> like, going, going like this. Like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> all he did was want to chew on his <laughs> yeah. bony body, you know? So I finally got up. I finally got up and I kind of jogged back home and, oh, you know, Don, you've known me a long time. Mm-hmm. I can get along with a grizzly bear, but I was... I was mad. I was ready to get my own shotgun and go back. Oh yeah. And I love dogs. And I know. take care of a couple of dogs. But I, I, I simmered down. I and I did call the sheriff's department, and um, to let them know what happened. And they went out and talked to him and didn't, you know, they didn't do anything. <laughs> but I ran a race, like that following weekend over in Grantsburg, Wisconsin, which is right across the river. Had a little five miler, and I ran like twenty four minutes or something. But then the next morning, I could hardly get out of bed. Mm. And any a long story short, end up having to go down to the cities like three times a week, and um, I had something wrong with my hip and and uh, yeah. back and stuff. And I I mean I could hardly walk, and so I ended up having to pull out of Montreal because I I, I couldn't run for like two weeks or something like that. And I thought you know I don't want to go into Montreal just for three the quarter yeah. shape right yeah just to run just, it just you to get know? the money so i I, ba- I bailed i remember and that i mean it made the news about the dog attack and yeah your your low back was messed up where you couldn't right. really race you, you could kind of run but then it would hurt so you had to take time off and and so yeah i mean that was a it was kind of a scary time you know because it was uh, and and yet Sometimes maybe things happen for a reason, um, silver exactly. lining. And so, you know, I just remember shortly thereafter, you and Mary, I don't know, out of the generosity of your hearts, said, let's have a, for lack of a better word, a party. Yeah, yeah. And, and done. And part of it was we wanted to do that for everybody had been so um, helpful yeah. in getting me to that level of running, you know. Right. And because you can't. You can't be successful by yourself, and it, you know you and Karen, and and then a lot of guys that from the the 
Minneapolis, St. Paul area that were good runners that I trained with a little bit once in a while and stuff. And everybody was so supportive and excited. I mean, they were, yeah. they, I don't want to say they, they were trying to like live their dream through <laughs> oh, my, oh, we mine because it was happening. And I thought we got to, so we had the big old, Pig rose. I still have the invitation. I'll put it up onto the our extras. No, you don't. I have the and invitation. You are, you, you are a pack rat. Clutter bug. <laughs> pack rat. I actually looked at the stamp. It was like twenty one cents. Here should tell people how long. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I got it. We got this written invitation in the mail. A nice. It's a little pig on the front of it, and it says pig rose. And then you open it up, and it gives the date, time, your guys' address. So, I mean, Karen and I, there was no doubt. Uh, we headed up there and, you know, stayed at the cabin with you guys. And, yeah. and I just remember some of the local, I don't know who these guys, buddies of yours, they were local yokels, I'd call them. Right. And they, they know how to roast a pig. They dig up pits. Oh, yeah. They, they get a big fire going underground. They fill it up with, like, rocks. And then they throw this, I don't know how, they, they put a pig in there and then they covered it. So And, and, and we're they, not just talking like a pork oh shoulder. We're talking a whole, like lot. a 300-pound. It throw, was a pig. Dirt all uh, over. You it. don't know this. Yeah. It was the pig that Mary and I were raising. On the, <laughs> oh my we, we, gosh. A, we raised this pig out behind the the cabin out in the woods there, and <laughs> we were eating that pig that this, day. This reminds me of your little, your little pig song that you sing at Duluth every once in a Exactly. Well, I just remember we were there the day before, and these guys, you guys, were up at like four in the morning out there. They were out yes. there freaking checking the temperature of the pit and all this. Oh, they it, did great. Oh, that thing cooked for like, you. it was like 12 to 24 hours. Oh, it was. Underground. And eventually they, they dig the dang thing up, uncover <laughs> it. I'm thinking, I'm not going to eat this because it'll be covered with <laughs> dirt. Yeah. But no, no, they, they knew what they were doing. And then the people started showing up. And I yes. just remembered, you know, one of my, it's a, one of my highlights, you know, you know, hanging out with you and staying at the cabin. But who should show up but Ron Dawes? And you yes. mentioned that you had studied kind of his, he'd read his book, his biography, did kind yeah, of- It was part of- Yeah. Done. He made, you know, for those who don't know, Ron oh, yeah. grew up here in, in Minnesota and uh, he he made the 1968 Olympic marathon team and he was not a super talented oh, runner, but he was yeah. a worker. Yeah. And and when he made the team, he afterwards, he made a, uh, wrote wrote a, book. a book called Self-Made made Olympian. Olympian. Yeah. And I, I bought that book, and in between South Dakota State and before I got hooked up with Coach Squires, I kind of took a little bit of everything I'd learned up to that point and then copied a lot of, did a lot of Ron's workouts. And um, it was, I mean, it was amazing. I And, you know, I had that book forever. You know where it's at now, though, don't you? No, uh out in Brookings at Bob's oh, library. Oh, at the library. Well, I was going to say, that to him. Ron Dawes came down year after year and would win the damn Jack 15. Steve Hogue would come. Now, you got to remember the late 60s, early 70s. How many road races were there? You know, until until Frank Shorter won the marathon in Munich. And then all at once road racing kind of took off on a local level. Right. But there were hard to find races. And the Jack 15 had been around. It's one of the oldest in the Midwest. Ron Dawes, I'm pretty sure, had the course record until you came along and broke it. And I think he right. was a three or four time winner of the Jack 15. And, and yeah. I never got to meet the guy other than at your pig roast. And, um, you know, he... I'm trying to say this complimentary. I don't want to sound negative. He had an air about him. 
of um, he was a special dude. Uh, he was a celebrity. Right. You know, you've he never was. you've never come across me as like a celebrity. <laughs> Sorry, Dick. No, you're not a celebrity. Not. In my, I mean, I, but he kind of carried himself, and he was. I mean, hey, the guy, you know, self-made oh, a, yeah. Olympian and an outstanding, outstanding athlete. And at the time, he was married to Lorraine Moeller. And, yes. and Lorraine Moeller was with him that day. And I remember he wore this jacket. I'm not kidding. I think it had feathers. <laughs> I, mean, I, remember, I mean, it was like, man, that jacket's a one of a kind. I mean, yeah, but I have a lot of guts just right. to wear that damn thing. But he showed up there and all the other runners, I mean, Al Zetterlin and Steve Benson, I think, uh, Joe Bros. I think, I don't, I oh. wish I would have, I hope you kept a book. Who all showed up? But it was the who's who of kind of Minnesota, Midwest, mostly Minnesota. Yes. Runners, because you invited all your friends from Minnesota that you right. could think of, and to come to this pig roast. That was something. Oh, it was a great day, and and it's one that I'll never forget. And then uh, I just remember the next morning, you and I got in that little boat, went across, and did that twenty miler. Yes. That Coach Squires was a six minutes kind of cruise, and then one minute. I don't know if you'd call it oh, tempo yeah. or hard. And then six I think minutes. Was, yeah. I, I just remembered I was nervous because I was getting fit again. <laughs> I thought, damn, if Beards loses me out in the woods, I'll be out there for, they'll find my remains. Oh, and, the, the buzzards will be circling my remains oh, out there. And, and where we ran, oh, we were out in the middle of nowhere. We never saw a living being, never saw no. a, a paved road. And it was no. so much fun because it was just trails oh. through the woods. Lucky you you knew them fairly well and how right. to get us back and make it a 20 miler. But that was a that was a great yeah. time. So so that kind of, you know, I kind of think that wrapped up 81, the fall. So pretty, you were yes. recovering from this uh, accident. It wasn't really an accident. And if I remember right at the pig roast, a lot of people were asking you about your accident or your this attack, this dog right. attack. And I don't know if it was you or one of your neighbors said, yeah, don't worry about those. So-and-so took care of those dogs. And it sounded like, and I, I'm not saying I would not endorse this, but whenever you have a dog that it, I got attacked once by a dog out by Karen's folks, I ran around the section doing a four-mile run, and I'm at the farthest point of this run in a, a Great Dane. I am not kidding you. I, I've never seen a dog as big as a Great oh, they're Dane. they're huge. We come tearing them. around this house, and there's a fence, and I'm thinking, damn, I sure hope that dog can't jump that fence. And I'm, you know, you're running, so you're you're not you're not like you're riding a bike or you're flying by. That dog, he knew right where it was. There was a hole under the fence, and that big freaking dog got himself through that hole, and he came up out of the ditch. Oh my gosh! And I'm and I'm looking, I'm thinking, I, there's no way I can outrun this guy. And so I turned and I faced him, kind of like you know. I thought, well, I'm not going to let him grab me from behind and take me down. So I faced the dog. I'm at a dead stop. Now usually I'll reach down to like pick up a rock, and when they see yes. you do that. They kind of like, oh, they'll oh, back oh. Off. yeah, they'll back off. Right. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy, this guy might have just picked up a weapon, you know, or something. Makes right. him nervous. I didn't have time. I didn't have time. I'm, you know, I'm kind of thinking, oh, oh my. Spirits, that great Dane, it lunged at me, and all I saw was teeth. Oh. And I'm thinking, Frick. and, you know, instinct, I'm screaming. Right. And I, I, I don't know if you ever remember, like, in football, the punter, like when they yeah. hike the ball to the guy. Right. Spirits, I, I, I don't know. I had enough room, and I, kick that dog right in the neck. Oh I mean, with all the force I could muster, like kicking a football, like punting a football. Bears, you got one chance. Bears, I figured miss, this is my only done. chance. And it was like kicking a goddamn tree stump. <laughs> I mean, I hit the dog and the eye, the read that, you know, for every action there's opposite and equal. I right. went backwards. 
overhead, <laughs> right on, like on a, I went backwards down the ditch, landed right on my butt, and I thought, I'm dead. Oh. I'm dead. That dog's going to jump right. on me and bite me in the neck. So as I hit, and I, I was a PE major, and I had to take gymnastics. I hit on my butt. I kept my momentum, and I did a somersault, a backward somersault, and I jumped up onto my feet. I'm thinking, I'm not going down without a fight, baby. And because I'm, right. I'm into the adrenaline, is I'm just like, holy going to die and the dog the dog's standing there just like your dog and he kind of like stopped and he's like i don't know the look in my eyes or the scream and i I like to think my kick might have had a little subtle effect all at once the dog turns around and runs back into his property (laughs) and i i limp up out of that ditch and there i'm right across the house and i I mean the dog was going nuts i'm screaming there's cars parked in the driveway there oh and i'm like and i'm thinking well somebody's got to come out nothing Nothing. Right. I start jogging. I could barely run. I had a big bruise on my butt. Right? I <laughs> bet. And I, I, I kind of like you. I kind of jogged home. I was livid. I mean, I got back. If and I, I asked. Bet. I think I asked Karen and Verla Ver- and Darlene if they had a freaking shotgun. <laughs> so yeah. I was gonna go back. And I said, and I, I, I wasn't gonna go shoot it. But I said, do you know? And I told them. They go, yeah. Those are like the Andersons or something. And I got the goddamn phone book out, Rural Spencer Langdon, <laughs> and I found the Andersons, and they go, yeah, that's you did? I called them up, and I said, no hey, way. oh, Beards, I was, I was, I said, look, I called them up, and they answered the phone, and they go, hello, and I go, hey, is this so-and-so Anderson? Yeah. And I said, do you guys have a dog, a great day? Yeah, we do. I, go, I just ran by your house, and your dog attacked me. Oh, we were home. We didn't hear nothing. Oh I go, you didn't gosh. hear nothing. So the dog was going <laughs> berserk. I was screaming my head off. I said, I just, oh. the dog knocked me into the ditch. And they go, oh, well, geez, I'm sorry. And I go, oh, look. My. They go, well, I go, what if I would have been a kid? Like on a bike or something right, like that. Right. She goes, and you could hear the lady. She goes, well, do you have to run by here? Oh my I go, gosh. Do I have to run by here? I go, I run everywhere I want. I mean, it's not right. like, oh, I can't run down that road. There's a dog. Well, we, you, we, we yeah. usually know which road's not to run down. And right. I said, and I just remembered, I said, look, if you don't do something about that dog, somebody will. Like, I kind of wanted yes. a veil threat. And I just hung up the phone. And, you know, now I look back and it was probably, I just wanted the people to know, look. That, right. that dog ears could hurt somebody. And so, uh, yeah, I think every runner who's maybe listening to this or cyclist oh. has more than one dog story they could share with us. But I, so it, it's just the bane of, of running. Yeah, your, your your dog story is way better than oh. mine. But you <laughs> yeah. know what? We're, we're, we're past this, not by much, but uh, on some other podcast, we'll go back and I'll tell the wiener dog story. Oh, that's a great. We will. We'll, we'll save that one. Yeah. A beard's a, yeah. Let's, let's, you know, it's been a, what a, what a 1981. I tell you, if we could go back. Well, done. Time out here. What? That wasn't. So I remember then I went to, I think somewhere in Ohio, they had the, the national 25 K championship. No way. Really? Yeah, in like early November, I think it was. I'm trying to think where that would have and been. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere in, in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Cle- yeah. Toledo? Uh, or maybe Columbus, yeah. I think. Okay. Somewhere in Ohio. It was a national 25K championship. And I thought, well, that'll be my last race of the year. Well, <laughs> I it, I shouldn't have gone. I Randy Thomas won it that day. He set an American record. I finished, I don't know how many minutes behind him. And I got done. And I was... I was mentally and physically spent. Well, and I remember taking like the next few weeks and just jogging for, you know, four or five miles a day to kind of get 
get the mojo back. Well, with beards after I was the worn year, out. well, the year you had done was I don't have a Herculean or something like that. It's probably off the charts. I'd really question, you know, if anybody goes back and and can think of you know five world class marathons in less than a twelve month period. You know, not Crazy. to mention the five, the ten Ks, the half marathons, right. and all that thrown in there, right. and not to mention the twenty, the eighteen mile runs bef- the day before the marathon, or whatever, <laughs> exactly. or two days before. You know, and so the fact that you're kind of running out of gas is not surprising. But I think then that kind of gave you a chance to sit back, and I know you and Coach Squires came up with a plan. I think for nineteen eighty two, we'll save it for yes. the next episode, bud. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, God, right. it was so great getting back Bond, in touch it, with you. Yeah, it's so good to see your feel. You know, I, I, I kind of was, I knew you were sick the last couple of weeks because you know we had right. talked about doing a podcast, even if not from the hospital bed necessarily. But I know yeah. you had been home a few days, but man, you were feeling punky. And I kind of whenever when Karen goes out, oh, you guys doing your podcast, you go, Ah, Dick doesn't feel good. I worry because Dick's usually what you see here right now. He's usually pretty excitable right. and, and on fire. And so when you don't have the fire, I know that's not a good sign, but I'm glad well, to see you're and back. Did, and done the other day when I was still in the hospital and you and Karen were heading out to, to your daughter Callie's yeah, yeah. Uh, place. And um, you had texted me and says, Beards, you you know, you want to want to chat? Yeah. And, I, and I never get headaches. No, and I, I know. I, I, I was in the hospital. I was feeling terrible. I had a terrible headache. I had a fever. I'm thinking, and it, I, I'm thinking, and you text me back, go, every time I get a bad headache, I think I got a brain tumor. A, a tumor. Well, <laughs> a tumor. And I thought, uh-oh, the infection uh, is setting in. That's, and then by the next morning, I was It was probably fine, what they gave so. you for your surgery, but whatever. Yeah, All pro- right. probably. But hey, we want to thank everybody for listening. <laughs> and if you have any questions for Dunn and myself or comments about the show, you can sure contact us directly on our website at beardsanddunpod.com or leave us a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all at Beards and Dunn Pod. Yeah. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit the like, comment, subscribe. And if you enjoy the podcast, uh, you know, we do have some merchandise out there. Beards, I just ordered you a bet. bunch. I got a bunch of stickers. I'm going to be handing out stickers to all of our friends in, uh, in North Carolina so they can uh, promote our, our, our endeavors here. But uh, thanks again for everybody who's listening. And Beards, have a great day, bud. Hey, you too. We'll see you next week, Mikey. Sounds great. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye.